Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Mr. Classic Wrestling Podcast. And today, I'm going to go my review of AEW's Dynamite. Starting off the evening, we go to our first match of the night. It is an AEW title eliminator matchup. It is MJF versus Adam Cole. Number one, I thought this was a great match. Back and forth matchup between MJF and Adam Cole with MJF mocking Cole. MJF then was keeping the pace of the match with MJF hitting a pump handle slam on Cole. MJF then mocks Shawn Michaels. Cole then gets up, hits a super kick on MJF, followed by an enziguri. MJF then gets up, hits a tombstone pile driver off the apron on Cole. Cole gets back up. MJF and Cole then both exchange in the middle of the ring with MJF applying the salt of the earth on Cole, but the hold is broken. MJF then hits a heat seeker on Cole for a near fall. MJF then hits an elbow drop off the top rope to the outside through the timekeeper's table on Cole. But absolutely brutal. Cole then gets up, hits a German suplex off the apron on MJF. Referee is out. MJF then grabs the belt, takes a page out of Eddie Guerrero's book, tries to cheat in the match. Cole then gets up, hits MJF with the belt instead. Cole then hits a running knee on MJF for a near fall. MJF then gets up, hits a low blow on Cole, which allows MJF to pull out the dynamite diamond ring. Referee sees it, stops MJF. Cole then hits a Panama Sunrise on MJF, as well as a running knee. Bell sounds, and the match ends in a draw. Cole then grabs a microphone, asks MJF for five more minutes. MJF then grabs his title, and then walks away from Cole. A couple things I'm going to say about this matchup, man. Number one, this was a pay-per-view quality match between Cole and MJF. Um... When this match was first kind of announced, in my opinion, I thought it was pay-per-view quality match, like I said earlier. Um, I was kind of seeing, you know, if they were going to put it on a pay-per-view. I know Forbidden Door is right around the corner. Um, and I didn't know how they were going to really play this out with Ad, uh, MJF and Adam Cole because my thing is with Cole, Cole just came back from a lengthy injury. This is probably one of the best matches he's had so far since he's been back from injury. Uh, against MJF, and honestly, I didn't see either one of these guys possibly taking the L. So when this match went to a time limit draw, was I 100% surprised? No, because I really couldn't see Cole or MJF taking a loss, especially MJF right now. I, I can't see him losing right now, um, unless it's like somebody, you know, possibly disqualification or a time limit draw, and that's exactly what happened in this match between him and Cole. Um, I definitely look forward to what's going to happen next with Cole. Um, I know Forbidden Door is right around the corner. I don't know if he's going to be booked for the show or not. Uh, I know MJF is booked for this show, which I will get into in a little bit in this podcast. I'm very excited for the possible matchup that we're going to have at Forbidden Door with MJF. Uh, but all in all, this match between M MJF and Adam Cole, solid matchup, pay-per-view quality match. And uh, again, man, we didn't get a solid winner, and the match ended up ending in a time limit draw. After that, there was a video package being played for CM Punk. Everybody's excited myself included, for the return of CM Punk. Uh, in the video package, it was pretty much hyping up CM Punk's return to Collision, to AEW. Um, it also looks like Punk has some unfinished business within AEW, which I will get into more details about CM Punk and some of the news that came out the other day about CM Punk and my thoughts about what really is going on. Uh, moving on from that, we have a Sammy Guevara segment. Uh, Sammy talks about Double or Nothing. He also says that he still wants a title shot. Darby then makes his way down to the ring. Darby then talks about Double or Nothing as well. He also asks Guevara if he still wants to stick it out with the JAS. Jericho is here. Jericho then mocks Darby. Jericho then asks Guevara why he didn't ask him for help against MJF for the championship. 
Guevara says if Jericho called him, he probably wouldn't have lost to Cole, not once, but twice. Darby then mocks Jericho. Sting is here. Jericho and Sting get face-to-face in the middle of the ring with both Jericho and Sting pointing bats at each other. And it looks like next week we might get Jericho teaming up with uh, Guevara versus Darby Allen and Sting, which I'm absolutely excited about to see that matchup and see Jericho and, and Sting in the middle of the ring together for the first time. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, after that, we have Sonata from New Japan. He is the current uh, IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. And it looks like he threw out an open challenge for the IWGP uh, World Heavyweight Championship at the Forbidden Door. And that answer, that call was answered. Um, and I will get into more of that towards the end of the podcast on who did challenge Sonata for the IWGP, uh, IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, moving on from that. Pretty much going to an impromptu matchup. It is Darby Allen, Sting, Keith Lee, and Orange Cassidy versus the Embassy. Uh, the match itself was a good match. Back and forth matchup between both teams with Darby, Sting, Keith Lee, and Orange Cassidy keeping the pace of the match. With Sting ultimately hitting a Scorpion death drop on Brian Cage. Pins for the three. And your winners of the match are Darby Allen, Sting, Keith Lee, and Orange Cassidy. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It is for the TNT Championship. It is Wardlow versus Jake Hager. Um, number one, Hager quickly attacks Wardlow. Match itself was a decent matchup. Wardlow was keeping the pace, but Hager applies an ankle lock on Wardlow, but Wardlow quickly breaks the hold. Matt Menard and Angelo Parker are here. Brock Anderson is here as well. He attacks Menard and Parker and storms off with Menard and Parker as well as Arn Anderson. Wardlow then hits a powerbomb on Powerbomb Symphony, I should say, on Jake Hager. Pins for the three. And your winner of the match and still TNT champion is Wardlow. After the match, Cage and Luchasaurus were shown on the Titantron. It looks like we're going to have Wardlow versus Luchasaurus at collision for the TNT championship. And it looks like Arn was attacked by Luchasaurus. A couple things I want to say about this, man. Number one, it was a decent match between Wardlow and Jake Hager. Um, I'm liking what they're doing with Wardlow right now with him working with Arn Anderson. I think Arn Anderson's a great mentor for Wardlow. The other thing I want to get into is Brock Anderson as well. Um, Brock Anderson was attacked by uh, Luchasaurus, I believe it was a week ago, um, to pretty much send a statement to Arn Anderson and Wardlow. I think what's happening here, though, and I'm not trying to put the cart before the horse here, but I think Arn Anderson is trying to slowly bring together the four horsemen. Um, And I know I mentioned that multiple times in the past when it was rumored, especially when Pinnacle was announced when MJF was teaming up with Wardlow and uh, FTR, which was a great stable, by the way, underrated stable. I do think Arn Anderson is slowly trying to create the Four Horsemen. And I think Wardlow is that starting piece. I think Brock Anderson is going to be another, you know, part of that team. I think Brian Pillman Jr. Um, will be another asset to that team. I know Arn has mentioned a couple times that he would like to work with Tessa Blanchard. Um I can totally see Arn creating the Four Horsemen in AEW right now. It has a lot of WCW uh, persona to what AEW is doing right now, especially with Collision. I mean, if you guys look at the logo for Collision right now, it looks exactly like uh, the logo for Nitro, um, which that show is taking place. Collision is taking place this Saturday at 8 o'clock on TNT. But it has a lot of resemblance to what WCW brought to the table with Bischoff and Nitro. So I would not be shocked if Arn did bring in that stable. He owns the rights to the Four Horsemen. Uh, I would not be surprised if Arn does slowly create the Four Horsemen in AEW. And honestly, 
do I think it's do I think it's needed? No, I'm not gonna sit here and say it's needed, but do I think it would be a cool addition to possibly collision? Uh yeah, I think it would because I mean right now, man, the way you look at AEW as a whole, there's a lot of teams, man. You have that triangle with uh Pac and the Lucha Bros, you have um obviously House of Black, phenomenal stable with Malachi Black and Brody King and uh Buddy Matthews. So you have that stable. You also have um you know, Lucha Bros obviously working with Mark Briscoe as well. You got Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett and Satnam Singh. You can also call that a stable too if you want to. There's a lot of stables in AEW, the Elite, the Blackpool Combat Club. So I would not be opposed to seeing the Four Horsemen stable and possibly collision. Not at all. So I think that's what slowly is going to start happening here is that, you know, Brock Anderson is going to start slowly working with Wardlow. Um, you know, eventually it's going to get to a point where they might bring in Brian Pillman Jr. And this is how I feel like slowly and slowly they're going to start creating the Four Horsemen. And I think we're going to see that here probably relatively soon. I would not be surprised to see the Four Horsemen in AEW. Um, after that, it was announced that MJF will be having a match at the Forbidden Door and he's putting the AEW title on the line against none other than Hiroshi Tanahashi at the Forbidden Door. Man, I'm very excited for this matchup. Um, Tanahashi is a household name in New Japan, man. He's like, you know, definitely, definitely one of the top guys, top two guys, I would say, between him and Okada in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, it's great to see him at Forbidden Door. I think the match between him and MJF is going to be absolutely phenomenal at the Forbidden Door, man. I'm definitely excited about that. Um, after that, we see Orange Cassidy backstage with Renee Paquette. Um, Renee pretty much asked, you know, Orange Cassidy, what's going to be next? Who's going to challenge him next for the international championship? And after that, uh, Zack Sabre Jr., the IWGP television champion, walks up, you know, pretty much asked for a challenge against Orange Cassidy at the Forbidden Door. So I do believe that we're going to get Orange Cassidy versus Zack Sabre Jr. for the AEW international championship at the Forbidden Door, which is going to be absolutely insane. Um, to see this matchup at Forbidden Door, man. Forbidden Door is definitely, definitely shaping up to be a phenomenal pay-per-view um, this year, man. It's going to be absolutely insane, and I will get into more details about that towards the end of the podcast and how I feel about Forbidden Door 2, which is going to be taking place June 25th. After that, we go into our next match of the night. It is Sky Blue versus Tony Storm for the AEW Women's Championship. The match itself was a good match, back-and-forth matchup between Sky Blue and Tony Storm, with Storm keeping the pace of the match. Storm then hits a Storm Zero on Sky Blue, and then Storm ultimately applies a Texas Cloverleaf on Sky Blue, and your winner of the match and still AEW Women's Champion is Tony Storm. Hats off to Tony Storm for getting the win in that matchup and retaining the AEW Women's Championship. After that, we have another announcement. We have Jungle Boy and Hook backstage. Jungle Boy is pretty much hyping up Hook. Kind of jealous that, you know, Hook is carrying AEW gold with the FTW championship. Jungle Boy says that he wants a championship opportunity. And we have Jungle Boy challenging or accepting the open challenge for, uh, from Sonata at the Forbidden Door. So we're going to have Jungle Boy versus Sonata at the Forbidden Door for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. It's going to be absolutely insane, man. Like I said earlier, the Forbidden Door is shaping up to be one of the best shows for AEW so far all year, man. I'm definitely excited for this pay-per-view, and Jungle Boy versus Sonata is going to be an absolute classic of a match. Definitely looking forward to that. Moving on from that, we go into our next match of the night. It is the main event of AEW's Dynamite. It is the Elite 
the Young Bucks and Adam Page versus the Blackpool Combat Club. It was a great match. Back and forth matchup between both the Elite and the Blackpool Combat Club with the Blackpool Combat Club keeping the pace of the match. Page, though, ultimately hits a buckshot lariat, pins for the three, and your winners of the match are the Elite. After the match, the Blackpool Combat Club then attacked the Elite after the match. Eddie, Eddie Kingston music hits. Kingston makes his way down to the ring. Kingston then attacks Claudio Castanoli. Then Takeshita is here. He ends up attacking Kingston. Omega's music hits. He makes his way down to the ring as well. Omega then attacks Takeshita. And then all of a sudden, Osprey makes his way through the crowd, attacks Kenny Omega, which sets up their match at the Forbidden Door. A couple of things I want to say about Dynamite Man before I get out of here. Uh, number one, it was a solid, solid show. I mean, I was kind of... Happy that, you know, other matches were announced for Forbidden Door. I think AEW and Tony Khan, especially Tony Khan, man, he has, uh, you know, he always waits to the last minute to start announcing things for pay-per-views, which honestly takes away a lot of the build leading up to these pay-per-views. Um, but with that being said, man, I'm happy that they announced a lot of matches for Forbidden Door. We got to see Sonata. We got to see Hiroshi Tanahashi challenge MJF for the AEW World Championship. We got to see Zack Sabre Jr., and we also got to see Will Ospreay attack Kenny Omega, which is for, you know, kind of building that storyline between them two, which stems from Wrestle, King, uh, Wrestle Kingdom leading into the Forbidden Door match for the IWGP United States Championship. Um, with that being said, man, like I said earlier, Forbidden Door is looking to be one of the best pay-per-views all year for AEW, man. I, I always like this event. Um, last year's Forbidden Door, it was kind of, you know, not lackadaisical, but it was kind of... They didn't have AEW didn't have all hands on deck for the uh, Forbidden Door one. A lot of people were injured. A lot of people didn't make the show due to injury. Uh, right now, man, everybody's healthy. All hands are on deck. Uh, I think three or four matches have already been announced for this show, and it's absolutely insane, man. You got Brian Danielson versus Okada. You got MJF versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. You got Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. You got Jungle Boy versus Sonata. I mean that those matches alone, right there. I mean, hell, Brian Danielson versus Okada. Man, wow. Absolutely phenomenal, man. It's, it's going to be an absolutely insane show. Insane. Um, but that being said, though, too, man, the other hot topic, and I got I wanted to talk to you guys about this, is CM Punk, man. CM Punk, I, I mentioned this in the past about CM Punk, and, and it might have been a hot take, but I think some people were actually on the same page with me when it pertains to CM Punk. Is CM Punk a great talent? Yes. Does he bring fans to these events? Yeah. He definitely fill he puts he fills the crowd, man. I'm not saying CM Punk doesn't you know do AEW any good by bringing him back. Um, but with that being said, man, is he needed? No, I, I don't believe CM Punk is needed. I think there's fans out there that want to see CM Punk come back. Obviously, myself included. Um, but do we need CM Punk back? Absolutely not. Now the speculation and stuff that's been going on, all this news as of late, the past 24 hours about CM Punk has been really interesting. Um, there was, I believe it was Wade Keller from Pro Wrestling Torch that put out a statement pertaining to CM Punk saying that CM Punk had done an ESPN interview. Um, and in that interview, he was he was asked about the Elite. Um, and Punk made comments about the Elite. He also made comments about Adam Page. Um, the, the thing I'll say about CM Punk with this is that obviously, you know, CM Punk had to sign kind of like a deceased letter. You know, not, not a deceased letter, but a letter basically explaining to Punk that he can't pull the same stuff that he pulled at the, uh, you know, at the media scrum 
which caused him to be, you know, I guess technically released from the company or on hiatus. Um, that he can't pull the same stuff that he did at that time with the elite and all that stuff and the brawl and everything else like that. Um, and supposedly this interview that he had with ESPN was heavy, like heavy monitored by AEW and AEW staff and Tony Khan and everything else like that. So when word got out about this interview, a lot of talent backstage in AEW were highly upset about the comments that CM Punk had made during that interview. So I don't know, like I said, man, you know, obviously AEW Tony Khan knows about the interview. They were there. They were monitoring the situation with Punk. And, you know, it could be a shoot. It could be, again, it could be a work. I don't know. It could be something, too, that, you know, maybe CM Punk is trying to do business with the elite. And maybe this is slowly building that storyline between CM Punk FTR versus Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, which I don't know if we are going to get this match this year or not, or if it ever will happen. We do not know. You know, we don't know if the elite want to work with CM Punk or if CM Punk wants to work with the elite. We have no idea right now. The fact of the matter is, I know a lot of people are like, oh, well, CM Punk needs to go. There's no way in hell that CM Punk's going to go right now. The, the, the entire show of Collision is built around CM Punk, and I want people to really let that sink in for a minute. That entire show is built all around CM Punk. The reason why AEW got two more hours of TV time is because of CM Punk. Without CM Punk, I, I highly doubt that Tony Khan and AEW were going to get two more hours of pro wrestling on TV or TNT or TBS. I, I really don't see it was going. I don't think it was going to happen. So I think CM Punk plays a crucial part of what Collision is all about and what they're going to do for the foreseeable future. Now, Punk will be on Collision Saturday night at the United Center with a live microphone. Now, I don't know if he, you know, I don't know if Tony Khan's going to let him go out and just say whatever the hell he wants to say. Um, I would hope not, especially after what happened with this whole ESPN thing and what happened when you do give Punk a microphone and he goes off about the elite. I mean, this is the first time that AEW fans are going to see Punk live with a microphone in an AEW ring since what happened at that media scrum. So we don't know what he's going to say. We don't know what he's going to do. We have no idea. We know he's a part of the main event for Collision. He's teaming up with FTR against Bullet Club Gold and Samoa Joe, which is a phenomenal matchup. Great main event. It was also announced that Andrade will be having his matchup against Buddy Matthews, which is going to be absolutely insane. Those guys are going to tear the house down. And that we also, I also found out that Miro will also be in action this Saturday on Collision, which is much needed. He's been off the scene for quite a while, so it'll be great to see him back in action again in Collision. Um, but with that being said, man, I think there's two ways of looking at this. Either bringing CM Punk back is a humongous problem, and is CM Punk running AEW and not Tony Khan? That's a possibility. Or this could really pan out in a good way with CM Punk and AEW, bring more eyes to the product. If the elite can actually make amends with, the C with CM Punk and vice versa, and they're willing to work together, then it can make for great matches and great storylines leading up to another pay-per-view match between CM Punk and FTR versus uh, the Elite and Kenny Omega, you know, which everybody wants to see that match play out. I'm sure Tony Khan would love to see that match play out because, I mean, that's a money-making match right there. And the storyline sells itself. So, I mean, if you bring a little realism into what's really going on, I think Tony Khan does do that a lot. Uh, especially MJF, he's great for it. You bring a little realism into these storylines and these matches, man. A lot of people and fans are going to be invested. If they're not already invested with this whole CM Punk thing and the Elite even more now, if you continue that storyline, man, and, make, and bring a little bit more realism into that storyline, it's going to get a lot of people invested into this match that possibly could happen. 
Um, and for that, yeah, I'll give Tony Khan all the credit in the world, man. I think WCW and Bischoff try to do the same thing with WCW, especially when it pertained to the NWO. I mean, a lot of people would say that what Hogan Nash and Hall did, and the only reason why I'm bringing this up is because I feel like there's a lot of similarities between WCW and what AEW and Tony Khan are trying to do here at, in, in small ways. Um, but what Nash, Hogan, and Hall did for the NWO, they brought a realism to professional wrestling as far as the aspect of the storylines. I mean, everybody remembers what NWO did to Rey Mysterio um, out in the parking lot and threw him literally headfirst into a trailer and started beating up other talent that was backstage so bad where police were called and came to that arena because they thought all these guys were, you know, fist fighting and attacking each other. And it was, it was insane. You know, it's been well documented about that event that night that happened. I believe it was in Orlando. Uh, so I can understand what Tony Khan is trying to do. And if you're, if you're bringing a little bit of realism into the storylines, it's fantastic. And I mean, some people, even with the forbidden door pay-per-view are not big fans of it because there's no storyline. There's no build, but I mean, God, man, I, Saying Brian Danielson is going to challenge Okada at Forbidden Door next weekend is absolutely insane. I, I never thought that we would see that match ever. And I mean, honestly, for what it's worth, the, the first Forbidden Door, that match wasn't even booked. It was going to be Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr., but unfortunately, Brian Danielson got injured before the Forbidden Door pay-per-view even happened. So that match was taken off the card. So to see Danielson healthy and challenging one of the best New Japan pro wrestlers of all time, one of the best in Okada, man. It's going to be an absolute fantastic matchup to see. And everybody in the world wants to see Danielson versus Okada in the ring at the same time, putting on an absolute five-star classic match. Who wouldn't want to see that, man? It's going to be absolutely insane. So I'm definitely looking forward to the Forbidden Door, uh, CM Punk stuff, man. I mean, it, it's one of those things where you're going to have to take it with a grain of salt, man. It's either you, you're a super fan of CM Punk and excited to see him back or you just really care less, man. I mean, I would like to see CM Punk back in AEW. I'm very interested and curious of what he's going to say Saturday night on Collision, live on TNT, uh, with him having a live microphone. Who knows what he's going to say? I'm um, definitely looking forward to that, especially what happened with the ESPN interview and after what all he said. Definitely really enticed me to actually tune in on Saturday to see what he's actually going to say on Collision. Uh, and not only that, just as far as Collision's concerned as well, man, seeing other talent actually be in action. I mean, when's the last time we've seen Andrade in a match? Or hell, Miro for that matter. So to see those guys in action on Collision, man, it's going to be absolutely awesome. Um, definitely looking forward to Collision, how that's going to look. Um, is Collision going to have a new look to what Dynamite's going to be, a new stage setup? Who knows, man? You know, different kind of looking ring. Who knows? Um, definitely looking forward to it, though. I'm definitely excited for Collision. Um, and what CM Punk's going to say on Collision as well. And uh, Forbidden Door, man. I'm definitely excited about Forbidden Door and the matches they have lined up so far. It's going to be absolutely insane to see these matches at the Forbidden Door. But with that being said, this is my review of AEW's Dynamite. I hope you guys are out there staying safe. Be careful, and remember, stay classic. Peace.